Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's get started. All right, all right, all right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Let's jump right into the quote. I got a good episode for you guys today, uh, some interesting topics, but let's hear what uh, Christopher Brown has to say. So Christopher Brown, he is a value investor, and I think he was born in like the mid 40s and he passed away in 2009. He was a well-respected investment guru uh, throughout his tenure. Believed in value companies over growth companies and don't get too caught up in that. I'm sure we'll have an episode on that later. But essentially he was just looking for things that were undervalued. So just say Apple, someone said Apple's worth 25 bucks and he says, heck no, that Apple's worth, or the Apple company is worth $100. So he would absolutely buy it at $25. Um, So Christopher says, buy stocks as you would groceries when they are on sale. So I love this quote. I'll read it again here. Buy stocks as you would groceries when they are on sale. So really what that's saying, guys, is when you buy a a position, you buy one stock, what you're buying is just like something off the shelf at the grocery store and prices fluctuate. So if you believe that that Apple's on sale, right? So now we're talking about an actual Apple, not the company. uh, That, you know, Pink Lady or Gala Apple is 10 cents. But three months ago, it was $1.50. Now, you would absolutely be like, oh, I'm going to get a couple of these just because I know that it's on sale. So it's sort of a value for you, a value grab. Um, definitely love that. I've, I've, I view the stock market that way too. It's not a casino. Um, you're buying things that are important to you and that you believe have value. Uh, okay, let's jump into today's news. Uh, what's happening? Asian equity markets are sharply lower this morning, but European indexes are rallying. U.S. futures are pointing to a higher open as investors buy yesterday's dip. U.S. markets were under pressure yesterday following comments from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who said interest rates were likely to rise given inflatory, or inflationary pressures, which was unbelievable that she even spoke about that. She knows exactly how heavy her words how much power her words have. So that's that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, a little suspect there. Uh, stocks regained their footing when she clarified those comments later in the afternoon. But Yellen was just saying what everyone has been thinking. And that that is true. That's fair. Uh, earnings results continue to impress. General Motors added to the list of U.S. companies beating earnings expectations. The automaker reported earnings that nearly doubled analysts' estimates and reaffirmed its free cash flow guidance of between 10 to $12 billion for the year. If it can get enough semiconductors to meet demand then we're going to be in good shape. Okay, guys, so we've talked about that in the past, semiconductors, right? That's very, very, very important for basically all electronics moving forward. And it's because there's a commodity shortage. So think copper, certain types of metal. Um, I don't really know what goes into a semiconductor. I just know that there's a commodity shortage for them. Um, And what's next? Oh, yeah. Our latest reader survey results are in. And you haven't been this bullish since the, pand- since the pandemic began. You are aware of all the bubbles in this tub, but there's not, but there's no scaring you away from buying into a few, nor is it diminishing your expectations for higher returns in the future. Okay. So with that paragraph, it's, it's weirdly worded, but they're just saying that sentiment in the market right now is still high, which is terrifying. Um, but I guess I have the same sentiment. So, I, I mean, I guess it is scary the way that I'm looking at the market and the way most investors are as well. Uh, so it looks like 64% of Investopedia's readers said that they trust markets the same or more than they did six months ago. I don't know if that's true. I definitely would say that I, 
I believe in the market going forward, but I believed in the market more six months ago for sure. Um, 57% of you said not worried about recent market events, which is I fall into that category. And 24% of you said you expect a significant decline in the next three months. So we'll talk about that in a second. That's kind of today's topic, just market sentiment and, and sort of retail investors' uh, responsibilities and the power that, that we all have, or you guys have actually. So, and just in case you guys don't know, a retail investor is just someone who does their own investing. Um, so like you do it through Robinhood, you do it through Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, wherever it is that you do it, you just don't have a professional doing it for you or an institution. So like me, I'm an institutional investor. So when clients give me their money, I invest as an institution. Me as an institution, I get better deals. I get more research. I get access to more stuff. Um, and I, maybe not earlier than you or earlier than a retail investor, but I definitely have a wider breadth of information that I can grab from just because, you know, they want the institutions to invest. I have millions of dollars to invest as an institution versus someone who might have 10 grand as an individual. So that's kind of uh, the thought process there. But let's read a couple of headlines before we jump into that topic here. So uh, not a lot of interesting topics actually, but there's a couple that I wanted to touch on. So Toronto's housing market posted the sharpest price drop in April since the early weeks of the pandemic as buyers and sellers are backing off from their recent sales frenzy. The number of sales in Canada's largest city declined 20% in April on an annualized basis from the month before, while the average price for a home fell 3.6%, according to the data released uh, Wednesday from the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. So that's only the only reason I brought that up and I thought that was interesting was because Canada, Toronto is a part of the U.S., is a part of Canada, it's definitely part of Canada, uh, but it has just U.S., uh, footprints, I would say. And so not that the housing market represents how it is here, but we're starting to see in some of these big cities that maybe people are backing off of buying houses. I don't know what that means. I don't think that's true. I don't think Toronto is exactly the hottest housing market area. I mean, you think of like Florida, uh, Southern California, um, Arizona, even Texas. Those are the kind, kinds of places where people with money, that's where they're buying They're buying properties out there. Um, okay, next one. We got Goldman Sachs is planning to have US and UK employees finally return to offices next month as Wall Street's biggest banks try to repopulate their office buildings. Okay, so that's important because, well... We, we don't like Goldman Sachs. We'll just put it that way. But to have these people finally back in an office where they can be regulated is huge. So some of you guys probably don't know, but in an investment bank, there's something called the Chinese wall. And the Chinese wall is supposed to separate a investment banker from the investment bank's research department. And so if you guys see all these articles, right? So um, think nerd wallets. Um, I don't know why they're evading my mind right now. But just think, think of all these... Uh, market research companies are like, you got to buy this hot stock, you got to buy this hot stock, or these are the three stocks to avoid. So those research companies are often hired by these investment banks. And it's very illegal to do this, but this does happen, is where the investment bank pays them to write an unfavorable report on a company. And then when all the retail investors read it, because they think it's some investment professional, you know, doing all the math and then coming up with this analysis... They will sell all their positions, lowering the stock price, and therefore the investment banker can hop in at a, at a value price. They can buy it at a discount, and then they'll pay that same researcher three months later to write a favorable report, and then boom, their stock shoots up, and then they sell. So a lot of these big investment banks do 
retail investors dirty, uh, which is part of the reason why I left those companies and started my own. But that is sort that, that's huge that they're finally going back because if there's anybody that's made money these last few months with this pandemic, it's going to be the major big companies and the major big banks. It's that's just how it is. They just have the capital and the manpower to do it. Uh, and then my favorite. Uh, article of today is Krispy Kreme is finally going public. So Krispy Kreme has confidentially submitted a draft registration statement on a Form S-1, which is just a form that if you don't want it going public, technically, uh, you just want to keep it quiet because um, you can technically make a public statement about your you going public. And if you don't tell the SEC, hey, you know, we kind of want to keep this on the lowdown for right now, then they they tell everybody. Um, but so Krispy Kreme has confidentially submitted a draft registration statement on Form S-1 to the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, to go public. The number of shares to be offered and the price range for the proposed offering have not yet been determined. But if you haven't had a hot glazed donut off the sugar shower at Krispy Kreme, you have yet to truly live. Very, very true. Okay, guys, let's talk about today's topic really, really quickly. So um, CEO pay. Let's just talk about that real quick. So CEO pay has... Oh my goodness! Probably quadrupled over the last twenty years. Um, I think the median pay is like thirteen million dollars, maybe thirteen and a half. I, I can't remember. Um, and it's jumping even more. So a lot of people talk about how oh it's so corrupt. All these mega companies, these CEOs. Look at how much they're getting paid versus their workers. One thing that people need to remember, or at least understand, because most of these people don't understand how business and economics works. When you have a public company, so just say, we'll use Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme's going to go public. Well, they're going to have a CEO. Well, they're also going to have shareholders. And if you break down a whole company's existence, its whole purpose, just to dollars, not to just don't take human value into it, just the purpose of the money, the only purpose a company has to exist is to make its shareholders happy. That is the only purpose. And the reason is, is because the shareholders created the capital and gave the capital to create the company. So I always look at it like this. When you make something, say you made a pot, right? You're, you're doing pottery and you made this beautiful, beautiful pot and you love it, but everybody else hates it. You don't care because you love that pot. It makes you happy. It's the same thing with companies. When these investors invest in these companies, the company's job is to make the investors happy, just like the pot. So um, with that said, hopefully that visual made sense, but when you own stock, just say you have one stock of Krispy Kreme, you have voting rights. You have voting rights. So one of the articles today is that, uh, uh, investors are not happy with CEOs getting more money. They're, they're, they're incredibly disappointed. Well, they're not voting. They're not voting. Most public companies have voting rights on salary increasing. Um, so let me just, let me just read this. Um, uh, shareholders don't take advantage of their voices in executive compensation as much as they should. Among the 191 companies holding votes thus far, the average support for compensation votes is 89%. In the Russell 3000, and 80, 87% in the S&P 500, both well below the average result at this time last year. According to the Semler Brazi, an executive pay consulting firm, the median CEO received compensation, yeah, 137 um, The ratio of CEO to typical worker compensation was 320 to 1. That's, it depends upon how you look at it, but I, so my problem, my moral problem I have with these companies is that some of these people eventually become billionaires. Listen, I don't care what you think, if there needs to be equal pay, if there needs to be more fair rights, 
I don't know why these people who get to this super high level, it's a billion dollars and then they have to have more. They have to have more. Um, I'm all for people getting theirs. I'm all for it, uh, especially if you put the work in. But there's just some value in saying, you know what? I got enough money. Uh, let's divvy it out to some of these really hardworking people and try to grow sentiment within the company. Um, but so think about that, guys. People aren't voting. So it looks like as of 2021, um, 90% of shareholders were uh, they were not approved. They were unapproving of CEO pay. I think about that. 73%. 73% of people were unapproval or were not approving of CEO pay and they invested in the company. So, but these people aren't voting. When you open an account and you get a stock, you buy a stock, you get paperwork that says, hey, you know, would you like to, at least this is how it works for my clients. Whenever I open up an account for them, it says, hey, would you like to have a proxy? A proxy just means that someone votes for you. So you don't get a say in the vote. Most people, most people, I would say, 100, maybe 99% of them say, yeah, I don't want to vote. Don't give me any of that crap. I just want to know that my money's going up. So they're disappointed in something that they have a say in. It's pretty, it's pretty wild to have these conversations or to hear people talk about it just because it's, it's clearly misunderstood. Um, but that's also how the CEOs want it. That's how the companies want it. The less you know, the better off they are because you give them your money and then you shut up and leave them alone. That's exactly what they want. Uh, but that's not the right way to do business and I'm not a fan of it. So um, yeah, guys, I hope when you get those options to vote, I hope you guys say yes. You want to vote on things for the company. You invested in it. Put your little twist, your little uh, you know sizzle on the company, um, and improve it. Make the world a better place. You guys have that power, and I hope you guys use it. Uh, that's it for today, guys. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. As always, invest early, invest often. We'll see you later.